Are your parents or family members or your friends, are they like skeptical of investing? Yeah, yeah. There's one friend of mine, um, in fact, because his uh, parents suffered quite a losses, I think back- uh, 97, uh, Asian. 97, yeah, correct. Mm. 97, so uh, the belief he have in mind is that all kinds of investment is sort of like gambling. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's the common belief he had. So uh, I try to bring him into investment, but um, there's a lot of excuses uh, which I wouldn't want to push him. I understand. Yeah. I understand. Let him come to his own realization. Uh. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Before we begin the podcast. Have you gotten your free ebook? It's called the Build a Six-Figure Portfolio Guidebook. Now, inside it, we share with you the tips and tricks to bring your stock investing skills to the next level. The best part, it's only 10 pages long and it's totally free. Whether you're on Spotify or YouTube, the link to download is in the description or you can go to www.firl.co slash F-R-E-E or www.firo.co slash free. All right, guys, welcome back to this week's Fire Podcast, best place for long-term stock investors. Today, we have Mr. Max Tan from 12 Invest. Yeah. As Is it 12 or 1-2? Uh? I always or 12. Uh? Actually, it's 1-2. Ah. Uh, <laughs> it makes more sense as well. Yeah, 1-2 Invest. So uh, it's okay, we get that all the time. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. At least it's not feral. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine, it's fine. I think uh, it's offeral. okay. La. Yeah. Hey, at least your one, not so bad. Yours mispronounced. Ours got SEO problem. Okay. You so you got my fire. No, then they ask you girl. Girl. Uh, okay. Do you want are you looking you type viral girl podcast? podcast. Okay. They will ask you, do you want girl yeah. podcast? Correct to girl. Okay. <laughs> it's the worst is the worst name, okay. but yeah, anyway, that's how people find us. Okay. Yeah. So as much as I usually like to introduce our guests, I think we will give you the honor this time, right? To share with us essentially what do you do? All right. Who are you? Sure. Um, so uh, what I do now basically is uh, just now as I talked to John just now, mm. uh, I'm doing Practically not full-time blogging, mm -hmm. maybe uh, part-time blogging, part-time investing. So uh, I dedicate uh, most of my time on finding some Malaysia equity studies and I share them on uh, my either my Facebook or um, our website or Telegram. So mainly we focus on uh, Malaysia equities. Okay. Uh, and then our content is mainly in Chinese. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, we have also interviewed a couple of uh, listed companies before. Okay. Right. Um, like MFCB, DNO. Um, but we mostly conduct them in Mandarin. Uh. I see. Mm. So ultimately, I think our goal is pretty much the same. I want to educate more investors uh, to have a better informed decision rather than right. You know, just speculating. Yeah. Just buy as they like. Yeah. So can we can we rewind that a little bit, Max, and bring bring us back? Let's bring us back to. A fifteen-year-old Max. Yeah. Why? <laughs> what was his first uh, relation with money? Okay. And probably what was your ambition back yeah, then? Yeah. What do you think of money when you were young? You know. Yeah. Honestly, back then, at fifteen years old, I think I'm still stuck with video games. Okay. It Good. was not until. What kind of video games? Mostly uh, modern. Mainly, I think uh, back then it was uh, Dota. Mm. Oh, yeah. Okay. I think. Um, Every everyone at the age is favorite lah. So you go to Cyber Cafe, yes. skip class. Yes, I did skip classes. <laughs> nice, 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 nice. Same, same. I did skip classes, but then uh, at uh, until eighteen years old, I started approached by uh, Remiser mm. from uh, IHP. Okay. Uh, sorry, it was from Kananga first. I see. But then after I opened an account, uh, practically he didn't really guide me through anything. I right. see. Uh, just open an account, and then afterwards, uh, after a few of uh, hiccups. Then I got in touch with the IHP broker. Okay. But then he didn't really taught me into equities. Instead, he taught me into warrants. Wow. <laughs> so, so I kickstart uh, around 2018, 2019 with warrants first. Mm. Uh, sorry, uh, I think it was even earlier back, uh, 2016, 2017, somewhere, okay. somewhere okay. there. Yeah. Um, I kickstart with warrants. Of course, I lose money. Okay. Uh, and then in the midway, I stumbled across uh, value investing there. I started follow A. Hey, uh, it's quite interesting to understand a company rather than you just look at the tickers and then just buy and sell. So mm. yeah, I followed that uh, value investing until today. La. So I right. yeah, I think literally for those who are not uh, free to trade 
day to day value investing is one of the best way to go I right see. do yeah. you like what do you is what you're doing now linked to what you studied in um uni uni Honest, honestly i have a uh, basics of uh, economics okay. from uh, uh Tha college okay, okay. okay. Uh, because i only stop at the diploma level okay not the material who would uh, go into lecture halls every day so okay. i just i just stop at uh, diploma so um i think it gives me a good head start okay mm. but mainly i think coming from uh what you do later on yes uh later on just i uh it gives you a head start uh, that's all i, I see think, right, I right. see yeah so when you went for that course in tar college um mm. what was the reason why you picked that field of study since you were exposed to equities when you were like 18 uh, and I, i have to salute the reminder very creative uh, 18 yeah. year old also going whack for cds account uh. i think i think <laughs> it was, i was introduced by a friend uh, because i was I, see. i was working part-time okay so uh one of the friend he was close with the reminder say hey help him to i, I don't know whether he got or what so oh. i just opened an account mm. uh, so okay fortunately okay, okay. i opened one uh. i see i right, see right. i see yeah. i see so what was your like experience buying your first stock what was that like did first you do warrant, research uh, uh, warrant, no. sorry research that you buy or okay if we talk about the first stock on uh, Kadanga Kao, uh absolutely no I didn't do any research what I do is I look at the stock which one is going up and then going and buy right. that was the first experience okay. as for warrants uh that one is more on uh, I'm listening to what the remiser has to say I see yeah because at the time I remember is 2016 it was uh the US election mm, quite mm. Kabut. um I mainly traded HSI uh, warrants. Uh, I see Hang Seng Index. Okay. Yeah. By the time he usually pings me that saying, oh, market is going to crash. So you might want some position in the put warrant. Mm, uh, mm. So uh, basically I have the concept of coin put warrants, but mm. not really in depth into those uh, beta and then uh, time time value, those kind of things. I see. Yeah. I see. I see. Your first uh, point of uh, contact with value investing, was it through a book? Was it through a person? Was it through a mentor? Uh, no, it was actually by chance. Mm. Um, I got the raffle through a uh, not really raffle. Lucky, uh, luckily got a ticket mm-hmm. uh, to a value investing summit in Singapore. Mm. Mm. So I think back then, uh, 20, 2017, 2018, I travel uh, single uh, to Singapore mm. just to attend the event. I see the one organized by VI. Yes, right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, yes. I actually, if you went on the twenty. I think I went on the 2018 one or 19. I don't want those. Uh, I think the one in Singapore is in their their expo hall. Mm. Oh. I went. The, that was the first one I went. I see. Okay. Yeah, two day event. Three day event. Two day event. Two day event. Okay. Two day event. Yeah. Really eye opener for me. I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I I didn't know that uh, there was another side of investing. I see. Mm-hmm. Because uh, previously the two not to say. Uh, it was not good. It was another kind of experience. Understand. At least I learned the hard way. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. The, but then after I exposed to value investing, hey, I get to know. Um, actually, buying business is a much better idea. I see. Yeah. I see. Right. Um, if you don't mind me asking, back then when you were 18 or even 20, uh, where did you source your capital to invest? Because a lot of people complain, oh, I graduate, I earn three thousand, where got money to invest? That kind yeah, of thing. No? Yeah. Yeah. So how do you solve that problem actually? Mm-hmm. I actually got my uh, my first investment. Uh, yeah. The value is five hundred ringgit. Okay. And then the brokerage is twenty eight ringgit. So. <laughs> what you remember? Back, back then is twenty eight. Kananga one is twenty eight. No, it wasn't. This was electronic trading, no right? Electronic trading. Twenty eight oh, ringgit. I'm not going wow. through broker, you know. Wow. Electronic trading. Yeah. What? So, um, I think everyone can start small, even for five hundred, because brokerage nowadays we have eight uh, ringgit, ten ringgit, correct, zero point zero five percent, zero point one percent. Yeah. But. For the source of income, I actually work uh, part time. I see. Yeah. Uh. Wow. After SPM, I work for a short period of part time, and then mm. I invested my money into the stock market. Obviously, lost it all mm. back then. Mm. Uh, but um. Now it's much better. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. During those times when you lost it all, maybe can you describe, uh, the emotional feeling? And did you did you share this with your family member <gasps> i lost money <gasps> you tell your friends or no. you just kept it to yourself actually i kept to myself only because uh, uh my family is not really into investing much ah. i see yeah i see what about your friends uh my friends honestly like like you asked me just now what am i doing around 15 so yeah uh, most of my friends they are uh, still they're still gaming now still dota la. still still gaming <laughs> la. I, i wouldn't i i Most of them, I didn't really have a good contact with them. I see. Yeah, right. because I after after the 
uh, after I trading for stocks, and yeah. then I think I spent a very good one or two years fully focusing on studying with value investing. Right, I right. see, so I yeah. see. And and do you find it hard to have a conversation with uh, your friends or family members uh, about it, investing? It wouldn't be hard, but it's just that um, at some point you run out of topics. Mm. Yeah, but but I'm more than happy to you know uh, share with them if they are truly into it. I see. Are your I parents see. or family members or your friends, are they like skeptical of investing? Yeah, yeah. There's one friend of mine, um, in fact, because his uh, parents suffered quite a losses, I think back- uh, 97, uh, Asian. 97, yeah, correct. Mm. 97. So uh, the belief he have in mind is that all kinds of investment is sort of like gambling. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah. That's the common belief he had. So uh, I tried to bring him into investment, but um, there's a lot of excuses uh, which I wouldn't want to push him. Understand, yeah. understand. Let him come to his own realization. Uh. Mm, yep. Yeah. What do you think is the biggest, uh, how would I say, block for people your age? I mean, I'm guessing you're 23, 24 this I'm year? I'm 25. 25, yeah, okay. Yeah. And, and also because you have a Telegram group and all that, you mm. meet a lot of different people who have yep. different questions, right? Yep. What are some of the Communications. Like, uh, not before that, uh, the blocks that they have towards investing. Uh, I think as John mentioned just now, one of the question is uh, how do I start with small capital? Mm. I think right. if you are not trading frequently, mm -hmm. uh, because you have to calculate the cost for 500 ringgit, uh, if eight ringgit per trade, buy and sell is 16 ringgit. So mm. you have to calculate your cost. So for starter, I really wouldn't recommend go and trade. Mm. For if you want to start early, I think you can start with the, um, Ah, sorry, uh, back to the question. Um, you need, uh, you have small capital, you don't know where to start. Mm. Uh, I think generally you can start with some really good yield dividend stock first mm. for those who have the problem on uh, capital. Even you have two, 300 ringgit, you can still invest. Mm. Mm. And then another question is, I don't know what stock I can buy. Correct. Yeah, uh, I, don't, <coughs> I don't know what I can do with the money I have, mm. some mm. kind of things. But, if you look around you, we have plenty of choices. Uh, banking stock, Maybank, we're talking yeah. about 6-7% yield. Mm. Uh, IGB read, I think if you normalize the yield, now it's trading around 4 to 5% yield. Yep. Mm. So uh, pretty much IGB read uh, for those who are new to the stock market, it's mm. uh, Mid Valley and the Garden Small. So yeah. pretty straightforward, yeah. uh, real estate investment trust. So these are the kinds of uh, things that I would recommend them to go into first. Mm. Yeah. Mm, mm. Uh, another common question would be for those who already started investing, mm. but they have their position stuck in a certain mm. stock. Yeah. Value, value trap. Uh, value <laughs> trap. So for them, maybe they go in. Uh, one of the biggest uh, things that I ask people not to do mm. is to buy a stock based on technical analysis or whatever. Mm. And then you hold a stock based on fundamental reasons. <laughs> So I think it's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's uh, that defeats your purpose of entering a position. Uh. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Mm. So uh, if you buy with fundamental, then you hold with fundamental. Okay. But if you buy a technical, you hit your colors point, you're still holding. Then I think it's on you, lah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So is, so you ran you you ran all these telegram groups for a while. Already. I'm sure right, at some point, right? I think you ran it for more than a year already, probably. Uh, I think we're close to three years for Facebook. Yeah. Okay. Uh, telegram. I think we have one year. Uh, close to two years. Sure, okay. sure. So, yeah. uh, uh, my question is right because John and I we have our list as well. So, um, the question is. After so long, right, two mm. to three years, what are some of the questions that you hear? Right, you're like, I have I, to answer I, this again. I, I roll, or you have, I to, answer have to answer this again. This again. Here uh, we go. Okay. Here we go again. Almost, you want to create a bot so that you can automatically <laughs> yes. reply to this sort of questions. Um, common question: Can I buy this? Okay. Can I sell this? Yeah. Okay. Um, I need to emphasize again: We are not licensed person, so we can advise you correct, to correct. buy and sell. But yeah. um, it's quite pity that to see some people stuck on some position. Mm. So I would tell them like fundamental is not okay. So if I were you, I wouldn't hold a stock mm. uh, something like that. So that's the one of the common question. Another one is a uh, common question I would get uh, last time like, on daily basis is, can I buy this? Can I buy that? <laughs> so for these kind of questions, honestly, I would, I would recommend them because I don't have my own courses. So mm. I would recommend them, uh, why not you pick up some uh, books. Books, yeah, yes. And then you go to some courses and then you learn how to pick your own stock instead of you see someone is advertising this stock. Correct. Certain platforms, then you come and ask me, hey, can I buy this stock? Yeah. Yeah, so this is the first eye roll question. Um, 
Another question, uh, probably we have is why the market drop? Yeah. <laughs> why yeah. the market yeah. drop? So, yeah. <laughs> uh, for example, I, I didn't. I think recently it gotten much better, lah. Generally, mm. Malaysian investor has uh, gotten more and more educated. Mm. But back one or two years back then, there are lots of questions. Hey, why the market drop? Like KLCI drop for uh, like. Uh, 10 point mm. or something like that is the market crashing so mm. um, these are some of the IRO questions <laughs> but <laughs> but you have to answer them you have to educate them or oh, actually KLC has only 30 stocks so you want to yeah. see larger you see a mass or you want to see the small cap mm. Yeah. Mm. I'm just curious why, why what what like motivates you to be in Malaysia right because I think mm. one of the things we realize is a lot of people want to like they talk about the US lah, they talk about China and all that, and then they say Malaysia economy bad, usual lah, usual stuff. Or stock, yeah. stock market in Malaysia manipulated, yeah, manipulated lah. La. <laughs> as if, as if, you know, as if the US is not manipulated, you know. <laughs> okay. GameStop, you know. Okay, okay. So uh, the question is like, why, what gives you confidence in Busa Malaysia? Uh, honestly, I'm lucky to be, first thing, I'm lucky to start the blog. Because mm. after I started the blog, I really get into approach with, uh, I got a lot of new networks. Mm. And then sometimes I even get to visit uh, some of the factories, mm. uh, maybe go to some construction sites and then go and visit. So I know that they are actually doing business. Yeah. Mm. When you have this perspective in Malaysia, then you go into US market. Um, I think it's it's like really, when you compare Malaysia to US, you cannot actually see the operation, although you know they're there. Correct. So. The confidence level for me is not there. Mm. So I wouldn't dare to invest a bigger amount. I see. A, a bigger portfolio amount. So yes, I do have some positions in uh, US stock, but it's very small compared to the overall portfolio. I see. Right. I see. Yeah. Um, based on your Telegram group or Facebook group, right? When you look at the demographics, right? Mm. Do you see uh, a certain age group behave very differently from a certain age group or there's no difference in the question? That means... A uh, twenty-year-old, the questions he asks versus a sixty-year-old, the question he asks is almost the same. Or do you see a difference actually? Our followers mainly are twenty-five to thirty-four, according to Facebook one. Telegram, okay. I don't have the statistics. I see. I see. Um, for Facebook one, generally, I think the questions that the twenty-five to thirty-four ask is quite, uh, it's quite good sometimes. Mm. Yeah, quite advanced questions yeah. and then quite educated. I see. Um, as for as for a uh, higher age range. Um, maybe we are talking around 55 plus. Uh -huh. uh, we don't really have that much of follower, but usually they come in, um, their comments are more of, uh, you know, old, old style investor. La. I see, yeah. I see, I see. Yeah. Um, speaking about these demographics, um, mm. in terms of, uh, how would I say, uh, the approach and the thinking, right? Uh, why do you think the younger investors are more savvy in a way? Is it because of access to information? There's available comparatively in your yeah, point? Yeah, definitely. Because um, last time, I think they, um, when we talk about 19 something, 1990, 1980, people can only access the uh, annual report. Either they go to, uh, I don't know, maybe go to a library mm. or they have to request it from Busan Malaysia. Correct, correct. Now you can just open a website, Busan Malaysia, and then you can download their annual report, quarter report, everything. Okay. So, um, not to mention there's a lot of. Uh, content creator coming out mm. on several platforms mm. uh, so that they could learn at least the basics already mm. from these kind of platforms. There are also a lot of books available as compared to last time. Correct. Yeah, and also the concept of value investing is getting more and more uh, well-known. I see. Because of course, because of uh, Warren Buffett, as well as uh, there are lots of, I think educators doing value investing in Malaysia. I see. Yeah. So who are the people you look up to in terms of investing? Um, role models. Role models, I think definitely one of his, uh, one of it, I wouldn't say really role model, uh, but uh. Uh, someone I like to learn to, Jesse Livermore. Oh, Jesse mm -hmm. Livermore, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jesse yeah. Livermore. Very, uh, very uh, low prof, not really mentioned actually, very. Yeah, yeah, but he's actually one of the, I think he's the genius in trading. Like. Mm, correct, yeah, correct, genius correct. in trading. Correct. Jesse Livermore. He, he made so much money and lost it all, right? Yeah, yeah I, I think he last trade, I think it was 100, uh, 100 million. Correct. Mm. 100 million in last trade and then lost everything. Yeah. In I think we're talking about the 90, 30s. Uh, ah, so 90 years back then. Uh. So yes. inflation adjusted, he's a billionaire. Uh, yes, think. yes. <laughs> but unfortunately, it, uh, 60 plus year old, he lost it all and mm. then he killed himself. So, okay. yep, uh, that's but, right. but definitely his yes. method back then, if you look at his uh, training methods, is basically what we refer to and support resistance and then buy after breakup, everything was, um, I think some ideas are originated from there. Correct. Mm. Yeah. Correct. Uh, one of it is him, of course, uh, Warren Buffett. Um, uh, the, 
what I like about him is first thing, of course, he's a very humble guy. Mm. Yeah. So also, uh, he's not shy to share about the value investing concept. If were if it isn't about him, I wouldn't learn about value investing. I see. Because there were no one in the market that would talk about value investing, so I wouldn't go into it. It's very rare, right? Yes. Very rare. Back yeah. then, it's all about technical trading. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure you sometimes look at the number of followers you have on your blog, site visits, and yep. let's say like te- Telegram followers. Yeah. And then you look at some other guy who is Doing not learning. teaching the right thing. Okay, uh, if okay. you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, but he has like ten times, twenty times your followers. Mm. You do you feel like it's a rare breed? Um, kind of value investing. Okay, the we have actually sit down and think about why they have uh, more followers. Yeah. Generally, they because they are blatantly giving you stock tips. Correct. That's right. That's right. So, Correct. uh, for a certain part of the demographics, they like to listen straight up what I'm going to buy next. Yes. Yeah. Give me the fish instead of I learning how to fish. Correct. Yes. So uh, we understand that the market is, of course, demand and supply. There's yeah. a demand yeah. for that market. So uh, we don't, wouldn't comment much. La. But uh, we wouldn't feel like unfair. We have our target market yep. and we are happy enough that we could help our target market. Understand. Yeah, that's what counts. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt this podcast. I know it's a little bit annoying, but I want to tell you something that I think can be really helpful to you. I can tell you're really interested in the stock market and want to learn more about it so that you actually know what you're doing, especially when today things are getting more complex and complicated. That's why we came up with the Stock Investing Blueprint or SIB. It's our signature e-learning program that teaches you how to pick the right stocks most of the time, buy and sell it at the best possible time and manage your stock portfolio systematically. It currently has more than 10 hours of content and it's growing. You'll also be part of a group of like-minded investors that can help speed up your learning process. To hop on the program, click on the link in the description or go to learn.viral.co slash courses slash SIB. Um, why, why do the blog or the following in Mandarin, what, was, it, was it a conscious decision or you just felt more Because obviously you can speak both languages as well. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, we actually started off wanting to invest in English. Mm. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, but then we noticed that the engagement and everything is uh, lower. I see. As compared to Mandarin. So okay. we tried out, okay, why not we try out Mandarin? So I see. I think the response in Mandarin is around three to four times. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Three four times. Yeah. Okay. Is there, um, okay. Uh, when actually, you... coincidentally, that is the, uh, like, if you look at just, Malaysian Chinese, right? Yep. I think that is more or less the ratio. Out of every five people, only one maybe has uh, in, in the whole country. Uh, only mm. one, maybe one point five, are uh, English first than Chi- Mandarin. Most people mm. are Mandarin first than English. Yep. Will you say that? Uh, honestly, I don't have that yeah. statistics, so I w- couldn't comment much. But mm. I do really see a lot of. Uh, I would say Mandarin educated one, yeah. mm. the youngsters, they are jumping into the market. I see. Yeah, I so see. Um, I think to a certain extent, uh, for them, they have an advantage uh, since so many people are sharing in uh, Mandarin. I see, so I, I yeah. see, I see, I see. Is it because do you think also the more English educated or the bananas, so to speak, <laughs> right, are more, what do you call it? What do you think, why do you res- their response is poorer than that of the Mandarin uh, from your observation actually? Um, I think that was, okay, when we starting out, honestly, our content was, I would say, uh, sapa, honestly. Okay, so okay. definitely a reason for them not to follow us because if we're talking about um, uh, well-educated investors, mm. so definitely they can just go to the online trading platform and then they just look for research reports. Analyst why, research reports. Uh. Yeah, exactly. So why do I need to listen to you and nobody mm. in the English side? Mm. Uh, whereas for the Mandarin, uh, one of the things I want to go back to the Mandarin side, mm. some of them, they are not really well-versed in English. I see. So when we translate certain parts of the annual report and uh, quarterly report for them, mm. uh, they feel easier to appreciative of, of you yeah. as well. Yeah. Okay. That's one of the reasons. Okay. Interesting, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Um, I'm going to move on now to probably uh, your investing styles. Mm. So there's always this, uh, <laughs> there's always this debate about yeah. value, growth. What's right? your style? Man? What yeah. is, uh, like if, I, if today I say, hey, you should look at Whoever stock, right? What, mm. What's the, what's your process like? Uh, okay, if you let's say someone ping me like uh, ABC stock, 
First yeah. thing I would look at is the whether or not the company have growth in a couple upcoming, I would say uh, two to three quarters first. Okay. That's the first thing I would look at. And then secondly, I would look back at the share price, whether ah. it had gone up significantly. So that's why you ping me. Okay. Uh, uh, whether you want to dispose your shares or anything. Ah. Because being in the- Industry. Uh, uh, being in the industry, a lot of people ping us uh, this kind of things. Huh? Mm -hmm. So we have to be really careful with what we receive and then how we digest it. So if it's a stock that has low liquidity, out of nowhere, you ping me about it uh, and then tell me, oh, they getting blah, 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 contract, this and that, <laughs> MOU is coming. So normally I wouldn't touch on that. I see. But for some industry that uh, I'm familiar with, for example, uh, not to say familiar, but I have uh, studied on. Okay. For example, we're talking about plastic packaging. You told me that, hey, they are getting cheap raw material. Uh, raw material. Okay. And then I would check on uh, maybe uh, one of the biggest players in Malaysia, Lotte, la. Lotte, okay. Yeah, I check on their quarter result. If they're doing bad, then most likely this part is doing good. La. I see. Yeah, so I will do some cross-reference, but uh, generally now, uh, there are some position of my stocks that I am taking you. Okay. Uh, dividend you, 5 to 7% dividend you. Mm. So I got actually uh, one of my stock is uh, Maybank. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then another part, I would aim for 30, 40% return in less than half a year. Oh. Uh, more of a trading position, you would say? Uh, um, growth, uh, growth, more, uh, growth. More of a cyclical play. I, I, see, I see. I see. Okay. I see. Or for, thematic play. Uh, thematic play, yes. Um, for example, like plantation stock we traded. Okay. Uh, and then a uh, recent one, uh, we have a pretty good uh, entry on uh, is a Lotte one. Lotte Chemicals. Lotte uh. Chemical. Um, and then there are some uh, technology stock when they are beaten down by the temperate, you know, because uh, semiconductor, a lot of people they are. They might not be aware there's a slight cycle in semiconductor. Correct. Well. Correct. Yeah. So when they see quarter, oh, Q one, Q two is weak. Yeah. So they will dispose the share. So uh, that where that is when we would go in, and then when Q three, Q four, quarter and quarter they see it doing so well. Mm. So normally we would uh, exit on that time la. So I would say it's kind of a, a cyclical arbitrage or knowledge arbitrage, mm. something like that. Understand, right. Right. Yeah, understand. So, so far, right, I think you've been in the market at least two, three years now, or uh, maybe more. Five years. Five years, right. So what are some of your like best and worst investments so far? And then what do you learn from them? Obviously, usually you don't learn from your your success yes. stories, right? Yes. You learn from, yeah. So maybe start with like what, what uh, success stories so far and then what, Failures. If you say about a really good year is last year. Yeah. Mm. Um. Definitely. Uh. If you buy after the March seven, crash. Yeah. After buy after the March crash, pretty much everything you buy it would uh, double, triple in value. Mm. So, uh, fortunately, I got in touch into some tech stock. Okay. Uh, some like not so much glove <laughs> Glove. I'm. I'm more skeptical. Okay. So I in and out, in and out. So it's definitely not a success story, but uh, I would take that as a lesson. Okay. Later on, we'll go yeah. back into uh, gloves later on. But yeah. for tech stock, um, I think one of the best performer is UWC as okay. well as uh, DNO. I yeah. see. So two two best position I have. I see. Yeah, in the last year. I see. So uh, give me really expand my portfolio a lot, and then give me uh, significant returns more than hundred percent. I see. Yeah. Okay. For last year, but but of course there's a one-off event. Okay. As for the maybe the lesson part is I noticed that even, even today, I'm trying to control this uh, habit. Okay. It's trying to sell on too early. Mm. Ah, okay, yeah. okay. For example, if you see a growth stock, uh, maybe it went up like 30, 40%, uh, and then it retraced another 15%. That okay. is where most people would cut their profit. I see. Yeah, cut their profit, and then they would uh, stop their position. But um, I, I tried in 2020, if you were to, for a really good stock, for a really growth stock, if you were to add position during a retrace, mm. that would even enhance your investment further. Yeah. Mm. But of course, you need to have really good confidence on the stock. The conviction, yeah. because if yes. you've done the work, then only you have the conviction. Yes, yes. So uh, generally, I learned that uh, from there, uh, I would not go, let's say if I'm positioning a uh, uh, 100,000 trade, I wouldn't go one, uh, everything at once. Okay. Maybe I split into three batches. Okay. So uh, maybe first batches go in first. And then another one when it goes up to another thirty percent or something, and then retrace ten percent. So that's where I add another batch. I see. Yeah. Mm, that's yeah. interesting. Uh, so when you have these batches, uh, so how what is the what's the habit that you have? That means do you check the market every day, 
to find these batches or do you like predetermine a certain price range and you park the trades there? Uh, no, I didn't really park the trades over there. Uh, uh, I just used the KFC screener, the, the one that pings you whenever it hits uh, a certain price level. Okay, okay. Uh, then I would open my app uh, and then go in. Uh, another thing that I would recommend is not to look at your portfolio every day. Yeah. First thing is you might take profit too early. Too early, yes. Uh, because you see, okay, some positions, let's say uh, value play, mm. you have been invested into a stock for a year, uh, you have a paper loss for 10% for mm. the past year, mm. suddenly you see 20% gain. Mm. So more than likely you will say, oh, it's time to sell. Yeah. But you forget that one year back then, your your aim is actually, uh, maybe we're talking about double or you want to hold it for really, really long term. So Correct. that's one of the common mistakes that uh, I think um, that I have previously. And then there are some investor, retail investor that have uh, this habit, which I think yeah. it really hurts your gain. Actually, it's, it's so so true, uh, Max, because you know MJ and I, we've had the privilege of meeting a lot of people uh, and, and training them. There was one time this story is so sad, uh, Max, um, just to just to echo your, your story. Padini. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, if you remember, there was a point in time, 2016, 2017, it was like 180, 192 ringgit, right? Yeah. And then they got in at about three something. Okay. Okay. It, it went up to three. When it went up to 350, they sold. Actually, okay. it, went, it went up higher. Ma. But then when it went up, after they sold, they made that 10%, right? And then they start seeing going up again. They went in back in, which is okay. a higher point. And then retrace. <laughs> retrace the Because <laughs> they miss out, you see. They, yes. they, they sold at 10%, but then for more, they try to chase some yes, more. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Another thing is if I, let's say if I sold already, yeah. more than likely I wouldn't go and uh, chase back in unless there's a really good retrace. Uh. Mm. Because um, you, uh, I, I don't really do technical, mm. but if you were to see some uh, new high, Definitely, there will be uh, lesser selling pressure. I think there's more on psychological part because there's no reference point for you to sell. Correct, correct, yeah, correct. Right. Yeah, so um, for me, I wouldn't really go back to chase a stock unless they have really, really good results and then they have a retracement. I see. Yeah, I so see. Uh, again, for more is really another thing that hurts gain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I so mean, yeah. what are the, like, do you have a disaster in mind that you have that every time you think of that trade, you're a bit sad, you know? You always, <laughs> uh, I would have one that I'm sad and glad at the same time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Share, um, share with us. Yeah. The, that was on the Warren part. Ah, okay. Uh, actually, I I was lucky to have uh, a bit of my background because I worked in the SME financing line before. Ah, okay. So, okay, okay. Um, the pay was quite good. Sometimes I get a pretty hefty pay. So I have some capital to put into the stock market. Okay. So back then when, when was I, I was 21 years old, uh, I invested, I think, close to 100% of my position into one warrant. Wow. Okay. Into one warrant. Uh, of course, I screwed up. Mm. And then I lost 70% to 80% of my portfolio. I think it was around uh, uh, 20 something thousand. thousand. To drop, drop to about 8,000, 7,000. Uh, posi the position was 30 something thousand and then I lost 20,000. So you left 10K. Wow. Yes. Yes. Around 10K. So. Okay. Uh, it was pretty sad for me. Mm. And then uh, at the point of time, I was quite demotivated. I wanted to quit this and that. Mm. Uh, but then uh, I really take a rest and then I restart. Um, and then I stumble across value investing. I see. Yeah, so sad because I made a stupid decision, put everything into one warrant that mm. will decay over time. Okay. Um, but glad because I lost that money, I learned my lesson. So in my upcoming investment, when I have bigger positions, I wouldn't lost so much okay so yeah. you you may you made a good point which is uh i mean among many things all right you say that part of your mistake is that you put everything into one so i'm gonna get your thoughts on how do you how do you diversify usually yeah. what is your how many stocks do you think is good enough how do you build it how do, do you, you size have, your portfolio like yeah like yeah. how like i know some people like our, our good friend stanley from um Invest with Stanley, mm -hmm. right? Formerly Value Invest Asia, he he always say he has seventy percent in sort of like you high yield stocks, dividend stocks, and all that. Uh, so safe, so called blue chips, and then the remaining thirty percent he'll invest in more aggressive. so called risky, the Netflix of this world. Then he will take the dividends and put it into these aggressive stocks. So like, what what's your version? Okay, for my, I think I have around uh thirty percent. Uh, in dividend yield stocks, mm. I see, and then the rest, uh, seven, it's kind of like a uh, a mirror to him, mm. uh, but, oh, but seventy percent, I will go on a cyclical 
or thematic place. I see. Maybe like technology stocks and so forth. I see. Um, and then for the dividend part, whatever I get, I would most likely reinvest back into the dividend stock first. The 30%. Uh, percent yeah, the 30%. So uh, in terms of portfolio holding, um, it really depends on the value you have. Mm. For people who have, let, let's say, um, for a position have lesser than 100,000, mm. I really wouldn't recommend you have more than 10 stocks. Because mm. if you think about it, one stock, even if you double, your overall portfolio size will only increase by 10%. Correct. Yeah. So it will be really, really hard for you to grow your portfolio mm. in that sense. So maybe five or six stocks uh, that you have strong commission, mm. that will be good. Even if one stock double up, you get like uh, 20% gain in your overall portfolio. Okay. Yeah. Correct. Yes. Um, but as you grow bigger, of course, when you go into maybe like a million dollar size portfolio. Yeah, million dollar size, then probably you want to expand to 10, 12 stocks. Mm. And then uh, you have to really start to adjust the weightage of your dividend use stocks and your aggressive funds. Yeah. Yeah. But for um, like the value investing Asia, I think the weightage for him to go 70% is because the portfolio value is It's large. about uh, 1.5 million. I can't sing. remember. It's yeah. actually probably higher today. Yeah, yeah. That time, I remember it was about 1.5 no, million. No, but that's not the reason I remember. He said that the reason is because he doesn't like to monitor his stock. Yeah. So uh, when he buys those 70%, I you see. buy Disney, you don't need to monitor Disney. You can miss one, four quarters, don't read the okay. quarter, so yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's right? fine. Disney, Disney World is still going to be there. <laughs> right? Marvel yeah. movies are still going to come out. Right. right. Yeah. So that's why. Yeah. Right. Because for our uh, like we do blogging on daily basis, so mm. I have more time to uh, look at the market. Yeah. So and it's the time, la, the time function. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Yeah, and for him also, I think it's good because he wants to be more involved in like his family. Mm. He wants like a life outside. That's why he also have like, uh, if I remember correctly, almost 40, 35, yeah. 30 okay. to 35 stocks as well. Okay. So it's hyper diversified. Yeah. I think he was uh, independent director for Pestec as well, right? Uh, I executive. think he just announced. No, no, he's uh, executive. 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 Yeah. executive. He, he cannot be independent because he's a surname. His surname is a Lim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the cousin and the dad is yep. Lim. Yeah. So okay. uh, yeah, I think in October last year or something. Yes. Like that. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. I think more also he, just to add on to MJ's point was uh, if you look at his his concept and psyche for investing is very mirrored around Motley Fool. Mm. So if you look at the Motley Fool style, it's really about taking uh, bets on uh, the, the trends of the day. When I say trend, not, not stock trends, I mean technology trends, consumer behavior trends, and you do not know which one to bet on, that you size positions that, let's just say, you look at it from a risk perspective. Like if you size it at 20%, if you drop by half, it's 10% gone in your portfolio, yep. right? right. Yep. But if you buy into a company like Palante today, right, not profit making, you size 2%, if you lose 50%, it's only 1%. Yep. So I think that's where the other uh, angle of how he sizes his portfolio. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So what are, like, what are you excited about today? Do you yeah. have anything that you stocks that you find very interesting? Obviously, you know, buy, sell, call. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if we talk about exciting stocks, um, probably one of the underlooked story would be Encom. Um, of the cases. Okay. Um, okay. I think they have recently have an acquisition of the whole business for Nilex. Okay. Yeah. So in moving forward that they will be integrated, uh, maybe you're talking about agrochemical plus industrial chemical, mm. which if you look at the prices of, uh, one of the things that Nilex do, they are doing manufacturing trading of uh, ethanol, methanol. Mm. So if you look at ethanol, methanol prices are actually going up. Mm. Uh, Nilex was making losses back in 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, partly because of the COVID-19 causes demand to go down, as well as uh, methanol, ethanol prices going down. Mm. Uh, I think it was 190 back then, but okay. the prices has already gone up to close to 400 or 400 above mm -hmm. at today. Mm. So definitely we already know that Nilex is going to make good profit. Yeah, they're going to yep. be a beneficiary of this tailwind. Yep. yep. Yeah. And then for Encom itself, the agrochemical, uh, they are going to have expansion, I think in second half for next year. I see. They have also a new active ingredient coming in. So uh, I think for agrochemical and industrial chemical play wise, mm. uh, it's really interesting story. I see, yeah. I see. How do you, okay, so um, how do you benchmark? Because you see, you've got guys like Samchem, you've got guys like Encom, you've got guys like- and Hexta. Then you yeah, Hexta. And then you've got guys like, uh, the P camps, the big, the big guys, the P camps and the Lotus, right? And it's such a diverse industry. How would you advise? Uh, and this is the problem that even MJ and I face. How do you advise 
retail investors mm-hmm. who are not from this industry mm-hmm. find it, finding it a struggle to understand these industries to invest into a stock like MCOM. What, what would you say to them actually? Uh, okay, honestly, MCOM was really, really complicated mm. due to their corporate structure. Uh, previously, they also have logistic division. They also mm. have media division. Mm. So I think one of the good way to for us to understand is to either attend a company briefing. Mm. I think Rakuten is doing them quite a lot. Okay. Yeah. So uh, whether with uh, whatever kinds of companies, so it's very good angle for you to understand through the uh, management. I see. Yeah. I see. Uh, or alternatively, if you want to understand the industry better, for example, Lotte, I think they were listed in 2016. Correct. Um, you could refer to their prospectus. Mm. The prospectus uh, for uh, all retail investor, I would really, really encourage you to go and read up uh, section six and seven for a prospectus mm. because that is where the part that it explains what the business model is. Correct. History and as well as the business model. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. If you could look back into uh, Lotte Chemical, uh, you could understand the business model. So uh, at today, you have a really, really good understanding of the company. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And and maybe just to add to your point, uh, have you uh, do you know the price tag of how much section six and seven will actually entail a listing? No. Okay. <laughs> I was just joking. Dot, dot, no, it's just dot dot right. Yeah, it's just dot dot. The the reason why I, I'm bringing this up is because um, you know I, I've I've had the uh, privilege of listing a company before. And when we engage people to write that section in your prospectus, it's usually in the hundreds of thousands. Uh. Okay. And, and the joke that I have with MJ and our research team is that people spend millions to write a prospectus, uh-huh. but nobody reads it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Will you agree with me or not? Yes. yes. <laughs> I, I think probably out of 10 investors, uh, two would read it. Like yeah, that. yeah. Yes. And it's, it's so sad because- Two, uh, wow, that's quite generous. Yeah, quite generous. 20%. 20%. Okay, one, two, two, one, two, two will read the first two pages, then they uh, give up. Yeah. I think probably they go through, oh, what's the IPO price? Ah, go right, go right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it will skip Especially, even I sometimes I will skip a uh, twelve part because it's the accounting part. Correct. I will skip the accounting. Usually, yes. the six and seven will be the first thing I read. Actually. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's the literally the best you can get in a prospectus. Yes, yes. Yeah. And I, I I tell some of our students I said, uh, brother or sister, you know how much people spend on that? It's like literally in the millions to get this part, and nobody yes. reads it. You know. <laughs> yes, especially on the IMR part, literally gives you like. Well, how does the competitor perform? Exactly. And then exactly. the industry outlook, this and that. So. Yeah. I think it's really a waste. Even if you, for example, uh, furniture stock. Yeah. Uh, I think Ecomet is listing today. Mm, oh, Ecomet, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Even if you're not interested in Ecomet itself, uh, if you're interested in players like Lee Hen, mm. uh, maybe you talk about Sunco, these kind of companies. Yeah. You can go and have a look at the industry outlook. Correct. Yeah. And Correct. then some of the competitors as well as uh, there are two kinds of furniture market emulation now. Uh, ready to mate, which is something you get from Ikea, the one packet. And then the fully manufactured uh, furniture. Okay. So uh, you could understand the perspective of a business over there, which I think is really, really good. Really. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought this up. So have have there been a time where you want to find a company and you want to find a prospectus and you struggle to find a? Yes. <laughs> yes. Honestly, yes. Because <laughs> if you talk about uh, some company, if they are listed in 1990s, uh. so even if you look through Busa, they only have 2000, I think 2004, 2006 data mm. uh, in their latest page. Huh? So yeah. you wouldn't get the prospectus. Mm. And then some company, unfortunately, if you look up to their company website, you could feel it's made in 1990. <laughs> 90, yeah. I don't know what. Berkshire Hathaway, ma, don't you think? is that, That's the style they want to go for. Ma, right? At <laughs> least- the, I'm just kidding. <laughs> at least Warren Buffett is willing to come out and say, yeah. uh, they have a public uh, AGM and then they have a letter to shareholders. Correct. Kind of things. Correct. But then in Malaysia, unfortunately, there are really some stocks that you want to understand deeper. You know that they are growing. One of the example is uh, Magnetech. Mm, yeah. Magnetech, yes, uh, Magnetech, yes, yes. Magnetech, I think is uh, a lot of uh, value investors' favorite. Correct. Due to uh, growing trend and then stable dividend yield and then they're very cash rich. Yeah. Um, but then if you go to their website, literally there's nothing for you to refer. Yeah. Apart from where their factory is located. And <laughs> that's it. So... Uh, I I think one of the key points that some investors um, they are moving outside to let's say US market is mm. because they are more open. Mm. For example, their quarterly earnings uh, they usually have earnings briefing. call and all that. Earnings yeah. call, yeah, yeah, yeah. Call. yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's quite sad, you know, Max, because literally like 2000, you say 2004, 2006 can get, right? 
I couldn't find Vitrox's uh, prospectus actually. Okay. We, so we actually got in touch with the people CFO. at Di- Dialogue, right? That's all. Yeah, Dialogue, Dialogue is- They, they, they don't know where's the prospectus. <laughs> Even they don't have- They, say, yeah, they don't know where they put yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's because nobody asked for it. Yeah. Yeah. So nobody asked for it. There's no demand. And the second thing, like what MJ and you said, earnings call, right? You go and look at some web, uh, some de- what we call data aggregators, like share investor, whatever. You go and see all US company got quarterly earnings briefing or presentation deck, right? This time you go and look Malaysian company. Oh, no, Zero. they got, but then it's for private yes. uh, analysts. Fund analysts, analysts. Yeah. yeah. Ah, uh, since we brought up this point. Yeah. I think recently, uh, because of your effort, Rodney's effort, Rakuten's effort, and uh, some of our effort, there is a, a, what do you call it? A narrowing of the information gap. Why do you think uh, these companies don't want to share with retail investors? And why do you think they only share with institutional investors? Uh, this information. Okay. Uh, actually, we thought of this before. Mm. Partly it's because uh, probably the company, uh, some companies, they have this uh, IR division, mm. investor relation. Some of them, they don't have. Mm. Some of the, probably some of the company management, they think that, uh, if I want to explain to retailer one by one, for example, if one briefing, I can only host like uh, uh, 100, 200 person. So imagine there's tens of thousands of investors outside. So mm. what platform could I go to? Mm. Yeah, back then, because uh, when we talk about 2018, 2019, uh, offline briefing is still- uh, the, the, norm. Yeah, the norm. The norm, yeah. yeah. Now after the COVID-19, everything moved online. Then uh, we're talking about Facebook Live, Zoom, everything. So you can see more and more companies are surfacing up okay. after the Zoom and everything. Mm. Um, but for some companies, they might not uh, so willingly. First thing is that investors might in- misunderstood some of their uh, message. Okay, okay. And then when they complain to SC, uh-huh. the listed company might be in trouble. Oh. Coffee session, uh, SC. Uh, uh. Yes, <laughs> so black coffee session. <laughs> so second thing probably is some of the question asked by retailer, uh-huh. they would get, uh, some of the management might get fed up because uh, they would ask blatantly last week, what, how much you earn next quarter? Uh, understand. So probably they they don't want to deal with this kind of things. Understand. That's why they prefer not to come out. There's also maybe other reasons. Mm. This is just my assumption. Uh, part of it maybe is because they feel like don't need. Mm. Because uh, for companies that are well-known, if you want to buy, you buy. Yeah. La. Uh, in Malaysia, there's a very small market. We have only 948 companies in Malaysia. Yeah. You want to buy, you buy. Don't know, buy go away lah. Yes, uh, it's it's really sad lah. This yeah. part. So I hopefully in the next uh, few years we could see more company come out and they just need to make their analyst briefings public. In fact, they yeah. don't even have to handle retail. Yeah, retail. Yeah, maybe have a recording. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like if you are like even in earnings call in the US, no, very few retailers ask one yep. during the earnings call. It's always analyst, yep. right? Yeah. So you just make that public. Yeah. yeah. You know what? We should all come out and maybe Rondi will like this. So we need we need an openness index. Yeah, openness in all the 900 companies. Transparency in that. Transparency. No, I was just openness in that. Transparency is like they are trying to hide uh, or like they break the rule or anything. But openness in that, that means like, you know, we we are able to say, okay, this one uh, publishes their, for for example, something simple like, do they publish their uh, corporate presentation Mm. quarterly? Mm. Yes, yes. So coming like DG, Timecom, Heineken, that they publish. Yeah, many tech, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yep. Do what is the public uh, appearance? How many YouTube videos do they have online? How many Facebook lives they yeah. do? Yep. You can come up with this index. I think you actually don't even know. need to do that. You just some <laughs> companies are. Uh, my prayer uh, is that even revenue segment you break down for me, I already mm. I'm in ah, already. Yes, <laughs> correct. This, <laughs> this is honestly one of the things that I I really hate. Some company maybe they're doing two different segments, but uh, similar. Uh, property. Let's let, take an example: property investment and property. Uh, property development. Uh. Yeah. You grew it under property, so how would I know whether your property <laughs> investment is making yeah. money? Or correct, not? correct. So one of the troublesome part. But uh, speaking of which, I would like to bring up one company that I think they do really, really well. Okay. The openness, Hibiscus. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Salute. Yeah. salute. Yes, really salute. <laughs> the corporate presentation as well as their quarter report, I think it's the best, one of the yeah. best in the oil and gas industry. Yeah. yeah. Actually, uh, to, to be fair to the to some other companies also, uh, Hibiscus did very well, kudos to them. I'm starting to see more and more because of uh, ESG teams yep. into their report. Uh, another company I like to highlight, and uh, even I, I used to own them, uh, MIC. Ah, okay. MIC, I think the if you read the latest uh, 2019, 2020 reports, right? 
they even describe to you the different different business units. Mm-hmm. The other one I really like also is Insert. Yes. Well, Insert, uh, I the the joke I have is this, uh, and um, would you like to take a guess? Uh, and I don't know these numbers. Uh, just see what's your opinion. How many how many CEOs actually write the MD and M themselves? <laughs> You mean Jinsen himself? No, no, I mean Other all companies. the listed, uh, 948, out of 948, how many percent do you think uh, write the MDNA or CEO's letter to shareholder themselves? 1%. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm, I'm somewhere with, with you. Uh, MJ, yeah. what do you think? Less, less. Yeah. I think the mayor, I see things like GDP, I know it's not the right one. Yeah. And yeah. I see got <laughs> Malaysia uh, cautiously, opti- cautiously optimistic. optimistic. <laughs> uh, the, the, what do you use as uh, sorry, but Malaysia's economy, yeah, uh, Malaysia's Malaysia economy, economy yeah. uh, trade war, <laughs> trade war, <laughs> then I see, ah, uh, yeah, uh, skip corporate, COVID, corporate, corporate, yes, uh, corporate speak, corporate speak, corporate yeah, speak. Yeah. So yeah, you know, I really think we should come out with this openness in that. Yes, yeah. come out. I think we just take, take yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. Then let people see how many red, how many green. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Then, then, then you get these, uh, these uh, companies. Uh, no, anyway, you are a public company. Yeah. Mm. So you need to be public, la, And I think mm. part of the reason. It's actually not their fault. Is mm. that first of all, SC does not require them. Correct. Yep. Secondly, the reason SC does not require them is because the people never Sh- bank shareholders. table and complain. Mm. Because well, well, when you go to AGM, like I went to Farwell Fafco's AGM four years ago. But right, the question is asking about oil price going down, what's crane, how is it going to do, you know, uh, like things like that. People go there ask why the okay. Nando's voucher yeah. reduced by one. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you are, you, you, so, you've seen this before also, right? Max? Yeah, <laughs> why, why why reduce? Then people are complaining, Nestle now less Astro, less gift. I'm like, yeah lah. So obviously all this openness and transparency, no one's gonna ask, right? Yeah. Yep. But we need yep. that. Yeah, I was literally almost told to shut up and sit down in an AGM before and I'm not gonna name it. Uh, it's a, uh, Automotive burn in test company. I'm pretty sure you know. Yeah, so it's literally that's only yeah, a- yeah, yeah. But you know what was so surprising was I think MJ was we MJ followed me twice. There was one time I went alone, and when it's session, I went alone, right? And this was way before I think it was 2018. I was asking about what's the trend of automotive today? Is it is it more logics? Is it more memory? You know, more specific, right? Literally, this guy said, "Hey." Uh, enough, uh, enough for your questions. Ask me to sit down, okay? The best part was when he's turned to ask the question, he said, hey, why don't you guys do bonus issue? <laughs> why don't you are not like press, press metal press bonus metal, issue so uh, that share price can go up? Yeah, but the answer from the chairman was even more classic, Max. You know what he said or not? You cannot- uh, Multiply wealth by dividing it. I said, wow. Okay. Legend, right? Nice. <laughs> Best you answer. Can, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, okay. Coming back to um, investors and, and your experience uh, and your style. Um, what do you think uh, investors lack today? What do you think uh, is actually holding them back from being better investors actually? Uh, Biggest stumbling block. Okay, yeah. I think generally investors are really much better than uh, maybe we say five, 10 years ago okay. due to the oh, yeah, man. Yeah, knowledge gap. Okay. Um, if you say moving forward, what they, uh, what is stopping them from uh, getting more exp- I would say I will use the word exposure okay. into some sectors they couldn't see okay. or they would miss out is that the industry knowledge because mm. some sectors, for example, oil and gas, mm. uh, it's really difficult for people. For example, people people like me, mm. I only get a concept of uh, upstream players, mm. and then I know uh, that's greenfield, brownfield, and then that's uh, ENP, these kind of things. And then when we talk about into the subsectors, for example, like uh, crane. Uh, for example, like uh, what R is doing, mm. um, uh, perforation, mm-hmm. it's slightly harder for investor to grasp. I see. So for these kind of companies, for them to come out and then they explain the industry landscape, mm. as well as some of the technical things, I think it would be really good to for them to get retail participation in their stocks because some company, they complain, oh, our stocks are mainly no trading volume. Mm. A fund manager come in for you, they come in for you. Mm. And then there are no liquidity in the market at all. But if they were to come out, I think some companies really have some interesting ideas or stories back there. I see. They just need to be, like you say, publish. That's it. Understand. Openness uh, in that. Openness. Yeah. openness. <laughs> talk, talk to Rondi. We're going to call Rondi right openness, after this. <laughs> openness index. Yes. We're going to do it. I think, I think definitely we yeah, should yeah, do it. Yeah. And it's something that uh, community like, like, like Stockbit or yourself or even ours can, it's a lot of work, but mm. I think it's, it's, 
it serves the community better lah. You know. Yeah, way. because we do that, then there's going to be a huge opening yeah. of even like even places like Singapore also not super no. open one. No. No, mm. it's open. I think to be fair to them, at least they have corporate presentation. At least. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But Malaysia, no such thing. I yeah. think part of it also, if you look at a lot of entrepreneurs or listed company, right? Actually the MD or the CEO cannot speak English uh, mm. well, oh, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So it's like, imagine you speak Mandarin all the time, let's say, and but your your presentation are in English. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's really very difficult. Challenging for them. Right, like we, yeah. we, we speak to Yen He, the yeah. guys at Yen He, we know, uh, we we know they cannot write. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. We know they cannot write okay. the MDNA for sure already because yeah. they speak Hokkien, they yeah. speak Mandarin. Yeah. Through no fault of their own. Uh. They're, they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're very good business people, but I think uh, what, uh, what you're trying to allude to is also because of the language barrier. That's yeah. why people, it's very hard to connect the story especially if there's a medium of uh, communication is English. Uh. Yep. Oh, 100%. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ironically, because you said that, right? Um, I see how the Japanese do it. They actually really hire translators. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think the guys at Aeon Credit, I still remember. Yeah, yeah. The guys at Aeon Credit, yeah. they, they, because the Japanese people are the CEO, but then it's the- The CFO. CFO and then the CMO or whatever talking. Yeah, yeah. Usually. yeah. okay. So, <clears throat> Besides exposure, what else do you think? Okay, um, and let's have a very honest conversation. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the followers that come to you, right? Mm. In your Telegram or in your Facebook, right? How many percent do you think put in the work? You understand what I mean, right? Yep. yep. <laughs> uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully there's 20% of them. Okay. Fingers crossed. <laughs> hopefully there's 20% of them that mm. I'm, I'm happy. Because uh, why I would say this number, because uh, now Facebook is getting more and more, uh, lesser and lesser traction. Okay. For some reason, uh, as you can see, their active user is growing, but I'm sure younger people is not so prone to using Facebook anymore. TikTok, yeah. maybe. Yeah, TikTok. So, uh, as our de demographics are mainly younger uh, people, mm -hmm. so we can see that some of the questions they ask, they did the homework already. Ah. At least they know they already know what the company is doing. Mm. They even follow up to the latest news of the company. Great. Yeah. And then some questions they would ask that wouldn't this news affect this company? Mm. Uh, it might be indirect, uh, uh, indirect effect, mm -hmm. but you know that this investor, he already done his or her homework. Great. Yeah. Great. So Great. fingers crossed 20%. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, what do you think is the biggest complaint that they always give to you? In, in terms of the, if those guys who put in the work, what is the biggest complaint that they have while they are doing the research? Uh, one of it is lack of the information. Okay. Okay, lack of the openness. Okay. Another one is the general market sentiment. Ah. Uh, they would say that, oh, Malaysia stocks is doing so bad due to political reasons, <laughs> this and that. Okay. I don't want to name what, what yeah. so, yeah. yeah. So, uh, one of their complaints is, oh, I done this study, you see Nasdaq is performing so well. And mm. then you look into Malaysia's uh, KLCI index, if you look back into 2018. Okay. Today, we're still below the 1008 uh, previous high. So very sad lah, if you compare to other countries' uh, indexes. I see. So I see. there are some of their complaints, but in fact, if you look into some company already, break through a couple of new highs already. Understand. So it Understand. depends on what company you pick lah, I would Understand. say. Understand, okay. Um, of the major industries in Malaysia, because that's where your portfolio is located, right? So obviously, uh, semicon is one of the biggest exports. Then, followed by oil and gas, and probably FMCG plastics, plastics uh, commodities. Uh, where do you do you focus on this, or do you like do, do you use this as an anchor to allocate your portfolio, or you just find any company that's interesting, good valuation, and you you just buy? Or it, yeah. Honestly, I would say in one sector, mm -hmm. uh, I wouldn't buy uh, two of the same stock. Ah, okay. Okay, for example, like you mentioned just now, Samchem, Luxchem, Encom, uh, mm. Lotte Chemical. Mm. Uh, because I know Samchem is mainly doing distribution. Mm. So the margins are quite thin. Uh. Understand. So that's out of the picture. Uh, and then when Hexstar, Hexstar is doing pretty well, in yeah. fact, because of the uh, food uh, crisis or something. Correct. Yeah, so definitely I think they're doing uh, going to do well in the future. Okay. But then I like to deal with companies that I'm most familiar with. Understand. Because then I can put in more capital into it to get a better return. I see. Because when you know that a company quarterly earnings is going to be uh, better and better, 
share price not moving, mm. then I see that as an opportunity. Yeah. So I will go into it. But for one sector, I wouldn't go uh, more than two. But as for semiconductor, is an exception. Mm. I have uh, actually three stocks okay. in semiconductor. Mm. So there's one exception because it's different, different. One is uh, EV. Yeah. Another one is uh, 5G come EV. Mm-hmm. And another one is uh, more on the uh, packaging. Understand. Yeah. Understand. How long uh, since you've been invested, what? Close to five years. How long do you think it's an average duration for an investor to understand an industry? Honestly, if you put in the work, I would say less than a month, mm. uh, not to say over complex industries, mm, mm, but mm, if you're mm, talking mm. about uh, companies, again, uh, semi-complex. Uh, mm. Once you got the terms, you already understand it. Uh, for example, like Lotte Chemical, I think in a month, you would understand the business model. Okay. Yeah. So a month meaning, what, two hours a day? I study days yeah. or, you yeah. know. I would say two hours per day is really, really good. Probably mm. if you put in two hours per day, you can do it in uh, two weeks time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. For okay. But for semiconductor, unfortunately, you might need more time. Yeah. Or in gas, the same. I would say uh, semiconductor, even if, you, if you're talking about the basic concepts of the wafer <laughs> and the chip, the packaging, everything, yeah. if it yeah. takes three months, half a year. Yeah. Everything. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I'm an electrical engineer by training and I I, I feel that even semicon, I'm only scratching the surface, man. Yeah, uh, so big. Uh, it's like, yeah. <laughs> yes, it's not easy. It, there are yeah. subsector bigger than other yes. industries. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Question. Yeah, I mean, um, so what what do you foresee, right? Like with, with 12, oh, sorry, one, two invest. Right. What do you, what do you, where do you want it to go? Obviously, you know, uh, I, I don't really like asking for like five year, 10 year plans, but what, what, what's the ideal for 12, uh, one, two events? Honestly, we don't really have a really, like I want sure. to go to 100,000 followers. Mm. What I want to do is just uh, get more and more people to learn. Um, the I wouldn't say the right way because everyone have their ways to get Correct. a profit. Correct. So I just want for those who are lost, for those who don't know what to do, mm-hmm. I just want them to get at least one profitable way in investing. I see. Uh, which is if, for example, like plantation stocks, I think uh, back then you see CPO price going up, but plantation stock prices are being hammered. Yeah. So I think it's a very good uh, arbitrage yeah. opportunity. So mm. uh, definitely one of the easy picks, uh, uh, if you look back there, mm. 30, 40% is not a problem. Mm. So. Uh, generally, I want to share more information on uh, this. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. Another part is to reduce the information gap, mm-hmm. uh, which is why I've been organizing uh, maybe with Stockbit with you guys uh, in the future for more listed company interviews Yeah, so that investor could understand a company better. Mm. It's, uh, it's better for two ways. One way for retail investor, they understand the company, understand the industry landscape better. Mm-hmm. For the company itself, I think they will prone to have more retail participation. Correct. As well as they have more exposure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, on that basis, right, um, where do you think um, the role of remises will be? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because in a way, um, People's, people have transitioned mainly to electronic trading. And uh, I've been you know, very, very lucky to meet quite a bit of remises because 2018, I was training some remises uh, for Bursa. And they, they, they keep on complaining. It's like, there's no market for them. They, they're dying. But, and, and yet, you're associated with a band of remises and they're thriving. What, what do you think is that secret sauce that makes them, you know, uh, I would say that, okay, when we talk about the Orish uh, brokerage platform, yeah. one thing is the uh, ease of access. Okay. We have Rakuten in-game. Mm. Uh, probably that uh, one, uh, sorry, IFAS, I think they're coming to Malaysia as well. Yeah, yeah. So um, you can see that more and more people are going online. As well as you see the demographics in Malaysia, they're uh, in the 20s to 30s is growing in terms of CDS account opening. Mm. So in that sense, I would say that uh, more people will go online. Mm. So offline, we'll get lesser and lesser trade. Mm. As for the positioning of Remiser, I think definitely the market will somehow reduce. Mm. But it depends on uh, how the Remiser serve the customer. I see. Because ultimately, if you talk about online, uh, like insurance industry, uh, human touch is always better in some sense. Correct, correct, yeah. correct. But then the market size, would it reduce for Remiser in the future? Yes, I think yes. I see, yep. I see, okay. Um, probably the next thing I would ask is um, your wish for the Malaysian market. 
yeah. Maybe that'll be a good uh, end, right, yeah, to the podcast. What, what What would be your hope and wish for the Malaysian market, for probably the investors, for probably people like us, you know, content creators? What would that? What would be that wish actually? And maybe uh, you tweet you you tweet a stock then it goes up. Right? That's, the, that's the future. Yeah. That one I I probably get a coffee session with SC. So <laughs> <laughs> but uh, first thing I think a very good point uh, MJ said is I hope there will be more openness in the listed companies and mm. and then uh, second second side is uh, this is hopefully the political will really be stable. Uh. I see. That's mm. one of the. That's one of the things that's stopping. If you look back in the past one year, foreign fund into Malaysia, mm. it's been really bad. Yeah. It, only in the past three months, they had been putting around three point something billion back to Malaysia market. Yeah. So that is mainly because of first thing is lockdown. Second thing is uh, political uh, not being stable. Uh. So if political is more stable, I think more foreign funds is coming in. Yeah. Into the stock market is one thing, but FDI, let's say more advanced uh, front end semiconductor players going to Pato Kawan, yeah. it's beneficial for them. Correct, correct. Yeah. That's one of the part I hope that really political stable and then the budget 2022, we see Stem and the Chukai Makmoor. <laughs> Hopefully the third reading, there will be some changes or else uh, I check with a couple of uh, PDT, some of the remisers as well. Otherwise the trading volume will definitely go down. I see. Yeah, so see. It's, it will be not too good for the market. Understand. Yeah. yeah. Understand. Yeah. yeah, man. With that, uh, look, I I enjoyed this uh, session. Yeah. I learned so much. Content uh, creator, the content creator. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. so it's a good. It's actually the first time we are meeting, right? Uh, yeah. Maybe we know what we sound like, but we don't know. Yeah. Uh, I actually didn't even know what you you look like. Yeah, uh, I had the privilege. I mean, uh, you know, I've always wanted to catch up for coffee. Yeah, with yeah, him, exactly. It's like. So again, now with yeah. tea, you know? The tea. So. <laughs> yeah. So guys, uh, actually, where can people find you? Yeah. If people want to do, find do you. Give a shout out. Where, where can people find you? Uh, I think generally you guys can find me at uh, my Facebook, okay. one to invest. So okay. uh, you just key in one and two and then follow by invest. Okay. Uh, you can ping me or you can text me anything. Uh, I tend to reply to messages. But can please, give, don't, can you stop ticks? Huh? No, please, <laughs> please <laughs> don't ask me what stock to buy. Sure, no, stock I, go your, I go your Facebook now. My food is Yeah, but I mean, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, right? And guys, so you heard why you can, uh, you, you've heard it from him where you can get uh, in contact with uh, Max. And if you like this kind of content, remember to like, share, share it with your friends, come watch some of our videos, and definitely see you in the next podcast. Thank you, Max. Right, thank you.